0: Well, this is Brother Tim McVeigh back with you again on the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that listen. We're thankful for those men that filled in for us while we were away, and of course, Rebecca had a baby. We had a beautiful baby boy. His name is Matthias Joel McVeigh. We're certainly thankful for Matthias. He's added an element to our home that uh, has changed everything. Uh, not only the exhaustion, but also the joy and uh, the the fact that the other children have now have a baby brother to play with, and it's just changed our home drastically. So. In saying that, I have not had time to record this week. I'm thankful for those men that did record, filled in for us. But for the next week, I'll be using a pre-recorded broadcast. This is one from the protracted meeting the Black Creek Baptist Church back in February. For those of you who were there, I pray it's still edified. For those of you that were in those services, I pray it's still a help to you. But we're going to break down a message and use different segments of it over the next five or six days. And so I pray it's a help. I pray it's a blessing. Pray for the McVeigh family and Lord willing, next week at some time we should be recording again live and be back in the book of Psalms. And so thank you again for tuning in. Stay tuned and enjoy the message from the Black Creek Baptist Church. States that have their entire families out there working for $4 an hour. Six, seven people from the same family working 10-hour days. Why? Just trying to make ends meet, trying to find provision, trying to take care of their families. The oppression of the poor is on every hand. But he said the wicked oppress doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. They have come up with evil devices to oppress, to depress, to persecute the poor. And it's on every hand. Those of you that have lived in poverty, and most of us, many of us, I'll say, in this room, have lived in absolute poverty. There are devices to keep you in poverty. High interest loans, paycheck loans, casinos. And then there's the great joy of being introduced to stress relievers like medication, tobacco products, alcohol, taxed by the government, That's right. yeah. horrendously taxed by the government. One of the joys of living at the Seneca, close to the Seneca's one stop, is that if you do go to the casino, if you have any money left, at least cigarettes are cheap. <laughs> it was in New Jersey recently, I'm not making this up, some of you that you know, understand it, $12 a pack. But yet people smoke two packs a day. Yeah. They got people hooked. They'll jack the price as high, tax as high as they want to. Now, I'm not waiting on our government system. I'm talking about the individual now. I'm not going to wait on big business, because not all big business is bad. Not all big business is corrupt. Not all government is corrupt. Not all health care is corrupt. Not all people are corrupt. But one of the marks of the wicked is that they won't do a thing to help the poor. They'll mock them in their plight before they'll ever lift a finger to help them. They'll curse them where they live. They'll curse them because of their uncleanness. They'll curse them because of the fact, why don't they just help themselves? What the Lord said of that, he commanded us to help them. He commanded us to help. I know people that can't help themselves. He used to know a his name was Larry, in Hagerstown. He'd been electrocuted in his 20s as a lineman, making big money in the union. Got electrocuted. Walked with crutches under his arms. His feet would swell up like clubs. Could hardly walk. Couldn't fend for himself. Used every bit of his Social Security just to barely make ends meet and barely survive. He couldn't help himself. My wife and I know a dear lady that has cancer. Her husband's a bum. A low life. Won't do a thing to help. Always has been a bum, as long as I've known him. We tried to help her when we could. We've tried to be a blessing. I Heard a man in the house of God one day making fun of her. He said she's always just been a leech on the church. Always poor mouthed. I never heard poor mouth one time. Always just been a leech on the church. Always been a leech on people. Always just trying to get money. Always just trying. And I rebuked it. All right. And I rebuked him in front of people. He can speak like that in front of people. I rebuke. and I said, "I don't think she's a leech. I think she needs help." And we've helped her. He said, well, just throw your money away then. I said, "Oh, I don't throw my money away." The Lord which seeth in secret rewardeth the open. If I give to you and you squander it on crack, that's between you and God, not me. No. So a lot of people despise the poor, the yes. wicked. Yes, that's right. They, they despise the poor. That's right. Word of God said, This word, persecute the poor. Verse 3, he said, For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. How about that? I will, I want, I'll have. Is everybody okay on that? I will, I want. That's their heart's desire. I want, I want, I want. Someday I'll have. That's the covetous. That's the boasting of the wicked. Why? Because the the desires of their heart are not God's desires. The desire of the wicked is for self. They might have to consume upon their own lusts. I'll have a career. Appreciate that testimony, Sister Ashley. I've had to look me in the eyeballs after preaching. Telling them the story about being a latchkey child. Being raised when my mom not at home because my dad left when I was 10. Having to let myself in the house after school. The snare of sin, the snare of pornography, the snare of booze, ungodly young men surrounding me and having to come home. My mom would be home for an hour and a half and just the evil we could work up in an hour and a half. Then my mom would come home and act like, I'd act like everything was fine. Had ladies come up and rebuke me for preaching about it in my face about preaching about it. Who do you think you are? I was telling him, just a latsky child. I preached in Maryland one time, and the pastor got up behind me, angrily, angrily, started going through the congregation, apologizing to people for what I said. He apologized to a couple over here, and he goes, now the Lord knows you both need to work because, you know, he goes through all these reasons why they both need to work, and I watched him go out the door and get a $70,000 SUV. Just amen, 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 amen. Now it's probably hers. I want, I want, I want. Tear down the barns, build bigger barns. What has more ever helped you with? You know one thing I've learned about the McVeigh family? The more money we have, the more money we spend. When we're broke, we don't eat out. We still go to thrift stores. I don't know how that works. We find a way somehow. But we, we're broke. Listen, we don't eat out. We don't, we're not frivolous. We don't blow our money. When we have it, we'll go, well, you know, I made the mistake. We got the money this week. We better blow it before it's gone. Amen. <laughs> Y'all just go ahead and say amen. Help me out a little bit. Like a bunch self-righteous people. <laughs> amen. Better get this money burning in there. You can feel it just burning in there. So many times the Lord will give us extra. And they'll say, what about so-and-so? he says, what about, what about this person? What about that person? But you know what the wicked is saying? I will get, I will have. Someday I'm going to owe. I had a neighbor that had every toy under the sun. Everything you could possibly imagine. In one of those little mud buggies that you run around in. i do not even what they cost today. We called them dune buggies and you made them out of motor or out of the lawnmower engines and old axles of pickup trucks. And if you wrecked, it was only like 20 bucks out of your pocket. Now they spend $30,000 for them to run through the mud. And he went and got a two axle trailer with the best brakes you could get because he didn't want to wreck his buggy. And then he went and bought him a Toyota Tundra to pull up with. And all of a sudden he's got $100,000 to go play in the mud. <laughs> true story so what did he talk about I talked about church his little mud toy his mud toy his mu- it was his wife that finally said you know one of the wheels fell off his mud toy it's going to cost $1,500 he's not happy <laughs> are they doing okay I'll have I'll obtain covetous but what do the wicked do notice this he blesses the covetous whom the Lord has. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? But a young lady says she got saved under our ministry, no reason to suspect she did. I asked her pastor last time we were there, I said, What kind of changes have you seen? You know what he said? He said, One of the things I've noticed, brother, he said, She's no longer interested in fashion. Amen. The word of God mentions the fashions of these worlds just pass away. He said, "She's no longer interested in fashion." I thought, "Well, there's a pretty good sign." I don't know about you, men. I've been interested in fashion in quite a while. I don't know about some of you, but I know, Listen, I won't say too much. I was in a place today with your pastor, and boy, the men in there were oh, they were interested in fashion. I mean, just the latest fashions, the latest crazes, fashion, covetous. I want. I'll have. The Lord abhorreth the covetous. That's the lustful. You know what they do? The wicked love them. The wicked support them. Money loves money. I never got invited to join the country club. I was never really around people that were members of the country club. Never really wanted to join the country club. I used to go to the country club. It was always in the middle of the night. It wasn't a good thing. But I watch as money loves money. I have a party. I invite you to my party. When you come to my party, you come to our party. We're having a dinner. You come to our dinner. And who do they exclude? The people that need it. Giving gifts one to another. Honoring one another. Making their boast one to another. He said, blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorred. It's not wrong to be rich, but it's a snare to want to be rich. Money's not the evil. You need money. Just throwing that out. There. I need money. But the love of money is the root of all evil. You ever met somebody that they tell you how they've made their money? And as a preacher, you get that uh, often. You know, I imported this, and I, we exported this, and we did this. And many times, I again, mean, somebody's home, and they'll be telling me how they made their money, how they made, and it's almost awkward. You know what I mean, I mean, as an evangelist, what do you tell them? How did you make the? How did you make your money, evangelist? Go you know, well. We preached, and you know, people were kind to us, and people donated clothes to the children and gave us stuff, and God took care of us. We bought and sold stuff. We raked lawns and painted decks and power washed houses. It just gets awkward after a while. And I'm not being funny. It just gets awkward after a while. Some of you would be awkward. How do you make your money? The government gives me a check every week. (laughs) You just get awkward. We worked. We labored. I had a man told me one time. He said, I have earned everything that I have. I haven't earned anything I have. I've earned nothing I have. I haven't earned this health. I have pretty good health, as far as I know right now, at least my eyes are good, I can't have C, but they're, they're healthy, he said, they look good, no retinal problems, didn't have any glaucoma, didn't have any, you know, any, any kind of other problems. As far as I know, no cataracts. The doctor today told me, he said, your eyes look great. I said, well, I thank the Lord for that, I didn't earn that. By the way, a lot of times people have a health problem, and people look at me and go, well, you know, this is, this is something they deserved. This is something they earned. And, you know, they didn't take care of themselves properly. There's times that is the case. But you know, a lot of times it's just part of life. That's right. It's just part of life. Somebody finds out somebody has cancer. They go, well, drink more carrot juice. You know, everybody's got an opinion. I'm not being funny. Everybody has an opinion. You know, rub your lucky rabbit's foot. I mean, it works for my great uncle. Fly to Germany. Boy, they're doing miracles. And you know, people in Germany still die of cancer. Everybody's got thoughts, opinions, ideas. Well, that was free. In verse 4, again, we're talking about the state of the wicked. The wicked through the pride of his countenance. See, in his pride, he persecutes the poor. He doth persecute the poor. But then the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in his thoughts. Now, I want you to look in verse 2 of chapter 14 of Psalms. For those of you that are seeking the Lord, the wicked do not seek after God. Neither is he in their thoughts. Now, let me just ask you this question. How much was God in your thoughts today? Good litmus test. How much was God in your thoughts today? Verse 2 of chapter 14. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are. Somebody help me out. All on a side. They are all together become filthy. You realize as people say they seek God, they're filthy. They're unclean. That's oh. what we're God saying. You know what the Bible calls them? Wicked. Wicked. Imagine telling people you're seeking God. You get that little video screen. With your porno on it. Your pictures on it. Yes, oh yeah. Sexty. Music videos. Uncleanness. Yeah. And then have the gall to tell people you're seeking God. Or have the gall to say, I want to be saved. God abhoreth the covetous. As if that woman's going to leap off the screen and become your wife. I though you'd want her as a wife. tell you people you're seeking God. Yet your thoughts were not at all toward him today. No thought given to him. Came in the house of God tonight, you wouldn't know we'd had preaching for the last four or five days. It was all happy-go-lucky. People troubled last night, smiling, laughing, coming to the house of God, cutting up, running around. There's no thought of God. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. He said in verse four, the wicked... That God is not at all thoughts. Then we see his ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. Now here's the message. There's three things that he speaks. In verse 6, he, he hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. Now, the Lord gave me a little light on that verse today. What does it mean I shall never be in adversity? Let me just break that down in simple English. Nothing is going to be adverse to my heart, especially not preaching. So when God contends with me because of my heart, I will not be moved. God is speaking. God is moving. God is working. Nothing's going to change me. Preacher, people say this. Preacher, you don't know what I've been through in my life. Or that you don't know where I came from. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I came from. Her testimonies, a couple testified being the bottom of the barrel. Well, I didn't meet them down there, but I was at the bottom of the barrel with them. It's too dark to know. Until later on, I found out we were in the bottom. Well, Dale and I joked about it for years, but I don't joke about it anymore because it's serious. Had me and him met a long time ago. We wouldn't have gone long ago. I had met Ronnie Scott a long time, we wouldn't have gone along real good. Now, I'm going to talk tough. I would have whooped either one of them. One hand tied behind my back. Barefoot. With a do-rag on my head. That's pretty tough talk, isn't it? Well, they're saved now. I can say that. But you know where I met him? In the house of God. It's all different now. Yes, sir nobody's going to stand in my way. I want what I want. I want my life. Nobody's going to rough my life. Nobody's going to stop me on my, and by the way, Sister Ashley, again, we go back to what you talked about. How many ladies are in churches across this nation? The pastor stands and preaches the mother to be a keeper at home. What a joy to raise your children and to be with your children. And no matter how hard the struggle is, no matter how difficult it may seem, but being there for those children, I think is one of the most important things. And yet I watch a generation that's been told, you've got to have a career, you've got to have a career, you've got to have a career. And the family's against it. And a lot of times the church is against Why is the church against it? Two incomes. Double tithe. Amen. They won't say boo about it. Why? We can't pay the bills as it is. Amen. Two incomes. Girl turned 16, put her to work. Three incomes. Triple tithe. Hey, let's put a wing on the church. Just, that was for those of you watching out there, both of you. Amen. <laughs> Just a reality. They won't say boo about it because it's money. I have a career. End of story. I never really had a career. I had a job. I wouldn't have called it a career because I didn't really care that much. People talk about, you know, my husband's so stressed, he takes his work home with him. He I never took my work home with me. I was the guy laying in bed at 7 o'clock in the morning going, I don't want to go to work today. I wasn't even saved. I'm like, Lord, please put me in the ministry so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> People's idea of ministry. Amen. Yeah. What do you do all day? Oh, I just up at sandwich and to eat and play games and goof off. Amen. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all of there only at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints are singing the glory a song of the re-